Manx Radio's 1 to 3, tended by Ramsey Garden Centre. Pick up your new all-season loyalty card in-store today and start collecting reward points. I am now going to introduce you to my very important stu- uh, studio guest this afternoon. It is Danielle Watterson and her son, Mayan. If you've been listening to 1 to 3 this week, you will know that our charity of the week is Diabetes Isle of Man. Uh, Danielle, I'm going to come to you. Um, actually, Mayan, how old are you? I'm 14. 14 years old, okay. And Mayan was in government last week. Chatting away quite bravely, and yeah. we'll, we'll come to that in a moment because you've brought a speech with you, which is an incredible thing. But just to get a bit of the background on Mayan, then, so so when did you first find out, or how did you learn that he had diabetes? Yeah, so Mayan was six years old when his, and only just six by a couple of weeks, um, when we started to notice the toilet tired thirsty thinner, which are the four classic symptoms for type one diabetes. Um, Mayan had an insatiable thirst, was constantly asking for water and then he would take himself off and you would hear the toilet flush. So we, we kind of came to the conclusion between us in the household that he may have developed a urinary tract infection, which is what your mind would go to originally for somebody who was thirsty and using the toilet more. Um, took him to the doctors who sent him for blood tests because when we explained his symptoms... They said, we'll just do a routine blood screen, make sure everything's okay. And a couple of hours after he'd been for the blood test, the GP rang to say, Mayan's got type 1 diabetes. His blood glucose reading at hospital admission was in the high 30s. So when your target is 6, there's no denying a type 1 diabetes diagnosis when your sugars are so high. Um, Only post-diagnosis, I suppose, did we notice the thinner element. That must have happened gradually, because now when we look back on pictures of Mayan when he was first admitted to hospital, you can see the gaunt look to his face, his cheekbones, um, and probably you then become more aware of the tiredness, um, coming home from school and not being very active. Um, So, yeah, the classic ones for us to make us make the doctor's appointment was the thirst and the frequent toilet trips. And Maya, what do you remember about that time? Was it was it kind of a scary time for you or were you okay with it? I, I just remember being up dead late one night, needing a drink, going to the toilet the next, getting another drink, going to the toilet, and this was happening 30 seconds apart from each other. And I just couldn't quench my thirst I always felt like I need to go to the toilet and it just it sort of felt it felt as if I was slowly starting to become unwell but that the, that's the one thing I remember of the night and you've now got obviously medication and you've got uh, bits of technology as well, which we'll come to, which is pretty, pretty cool. It's amazing how things have developed. But when you were first diagnosed, what did the doctor do for you? What happened? Um, so he gave um, a finger pricking kit so you can keep track of your sugar in the blood and a pen for injections of insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very basic at that time you you know it was you inject you check you inject before you go to bed you inject when you wake up you inject before you eat you check your blood once or twice every hour so it was it was tough to say the least 
It's really full on. And that's going to affect you on a daily basis because you're going to wake up tired and you're going to really kind of struggle. I mean, what school have been like? Have they been quite supportive for you? Which school do you go to? Um, so I currently go to St Ninian's Lower School. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been behind behind me every step of the way. Um, they've always made sure to cater for my needs. And at Cronkerberry, which was the primary school I attended, they had um, a carer set to my side pretty much all day, every day. And what were your friends like when they found out? They they were all supportive and they were generally nice um, towards it. And even now at high school, my friends offer um, to go get stuff for me if I need it. And say I'm doing sports and I go low, they stick with me so I don't feel by myself. So they've all, they've all kind of learned to notice the symptoms? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my sister can often be one of the first ones to notice if my in starts to dip or if he's going high. Um, because as a family, I think you start to understand where Mayan's at in his day, uh, particularly in the early phases when, you know, Mayan was only six when he was first diagnosed. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely traits that you can see in people when their sugars are starting to trend down. Mm-hmm. Um, so friendships are really quite important in that because obviously when they're at school, you're reliant on your friendship groups to maybe be that extra level of support. It must have been quite scary for you as a family though because, you know, there, as you mentioned, there are the dips and then there's potential highs as well. So, you know, trying to get used to that, was it was it quite tricky for you as a family? Yeah, so I think what people sometimes forget is when a child is diagnosed, the whole family's diagnosed at the same time because you have to learn how to look after that child all over again, right from, from the get-go. Um, and... One of the scariest times of the day I found was when you put that child to bed because they can't actively tell you how they're feeling. So then nighttime hours in them initial stages can be really, really tough um, mentally and physically because you're not getting the sleep, you're not resting because you feel like you're not sure where they are. Um, and that has an impact on the whole wider family Um the offer for Mayan to go on play dates became less because obviously it's not so easy to have a child with the additional needs of injecting and finger prick testing. Um, so they were all hurdles to overcome aside from the medical side mm-hmm. and trying to keep little sister engaged and make sure that she felt involved without overwhelming her as well has been an obstacle to overcome. And it's all part of the diagnosis that probably you don't even think of at the time. Your mind goes straight to what do I need to know? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to make sure that mine's safe? And how much to protect the children from as well? How much do you take on yourself? Um, and then they learn over time, obviously, what their care needs are. So it's quite wide ranging when they're diagnosed as to the emotions that come through for the child and the family. There is so much to take on board. Um, as mine was just saying there, we talked a little bit about what it was like when he was first diagnosed and having to use finger pricks and wake up through the night and everything. Things have changed somewhat and we're going to talk about that in a moment and it's partly due to the work of people like Daniela Mayan that things have changed. So we'll find out more about that in just a moment. But I did say to Mayan, uh, if there was a particular song he might want to hear, what would it be? So I'm going to play it for you now, Mayan. Do you want to introduce this next song like a proper radio pro? 
I can try. Go on, do your best. So coming up next is Giant by Calvin Harris and Rag and Bone Man. Amazing. I understood loneliness before I knew what it was. That was a very good choice of music. Uh, that choice of music came from my studio guest, Mayan. Uh, Mayan, we're talking about the uh, type 1 diabetes today. Is, how easy is it to sum up what, it, what type 1 diabetes is, for those that don't know? So, type 1 is when your pancreas stops producing insulin. And these devices that I'm getting moved on to and I am using are my robotic pancreas and the pancreas that has stopped working inside of me. Um, But that is generally what type 1 is, and then there's other types of diabetes as well, which people can get mixed up quite a bit. But type 1 is your pancreas stops producing insulin, which combats the sugars in your blood. Uh, that's brilliantly described and Danielle I think that's the thing we're talking about this 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 kit which is and we'll come to it in a second which mine's got one of the it was the first person on the Isle of Man to actually have this kit which is amazing um, and we'll explain how that works in a moment but there are so many misconceptions aren't there and I'm sure you've tackled quite a lot of this uh, over the course of time since Mayan's been diagnosed yeah so often you'll find and it comes from the from, comes from a good place from everybody um, but we were just referencing Hop Tune and we were saying everybody has treats around the place um, and then there's a bowl of treats there and they go would Mayan like oh hang on he can't because he's diabetic um, and the wonderful thing about the, the technology now is that no pen is required to deliver the insulin that's needed um, these devices are controlled remotely by Bluetooth between a handset and the device that's worn on the body so nothing's off limits um, if you're hungry you can have it if you like the taste of it, go for it, because that's that's the beauty of having the pump technology. So go on then, mind describe it. So what are you wearing at the moment? So I am currently the only user of this tech. Um, I am using a closed-loop automated system, um, which basically uses a algorithm to learn my trends when I go high, when I go low when I'm eating, when I'm sleeping, all of the daily routine that I do, it learns that and it can make smart adjustments to that, which basically allows me to do the stuff I do normally without having to stop every five minutes to check. Um, and it is, it's such a good piece of tech and it's just effectively my pancreas now on the outside of my body and it's my bodyguard for whatever I'm doing. So does this mean you get to now have a full night's sleep? Yeah. (laughs) And me. (laughs) That's the thing, it affects you as well, don't you? It must have changed your life too. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like my right hand man, really. Um, I can be confident in the knowledge that it's constantly monitoring mine's levels um, and making micro adjustments. So it uses um, a smart adjust algorithm. So he wears an Omnipod 5, which is the insulin pump, and he wears a Dexcom G6, which is a continuous glucose monitor. And the two of them are constantly in communication and they read, well, they make a prediction an hour ahead of time 
and the technology can make micro adjustments to his insulin delivery, which is what his basal rate would have been historically on previous devices. So he was always getting constant little drips of um, insulin throughout the day called his basal insulin. And now what this Omnipod 5 and this closed loop system do is they use the glucose readings from the G6 device to tell the Omnipod 5 what he needs and when he needs it, and more importantly, when he doesn't need it. So it will it will notice that he's trending down and it will either reduce the insulin it's delivering or completely stop the insulin delivery altogether to avoid mine going into what can be life-threatening hypoglycemia. Um, so yes it's like he says it's his it's his bodyguard it's the family's best friend and yeah we are so so very fortunate to have been given the opportunity to to trial it and it's working very well and this is something that you have been speaking to government about to try and get this rolled out for more people and we're going to talk about that with with our studio guests in just a few moments uh, if you've just tuned in I've got Danielle Watson and her fabulous son Mayan in the studio I think Mayan's going to take my job you're a bit good at this radio <laughs> malarkey Mayan seriously um, and we're talking about uh, diabetes because Mayan is type 1 diabetic and we've been chatting all about our charity of the week of course Diabetes Isle of Man this week on 1 to 3 uh, I did allude to the fact that you two had done something very important recently. Mine, you went in to speak to all the MHKs in government, didn't you? Yes, I Tell did. us about it. So, on World Diabetes Day, Tuesday the 14th yeah. um, of November, we went to the Wencake Building or Timwalls to speak to the Honourable Members to basically raise awareness and talk about how this new technology that I'm on and how life as a type 1 diabetic is um, but uh, it was a really good turnout a lot of people came they all enjoyed it they all seemed to not fully understand how crucial this is and a lot of them didn't realise how impactful it is in our lives so do you feel like they learned something, Mayan? Yeah, they all came they all came up at the end and they were all expressing how they weren't aware of it in the past and how they all want to do something to help those children who have type one diabetes and are in situations where they're struggling with it or they just need overall support and it was just good so that we could get awareness out to the people. Daniel, you must have been so proud of him. Yeah, extremely proud, to the point where after he'd done his little speech and I was asked a question, I just couldn't talk. Completely choked. Um, choked with how proud I was of how eloquently he put the, the story across of his journey with the tech as well. Um, but also it was nice and it was a relief for me to know that people that can make a change were, were hearing the story firsthand um, and seemed very receptive and open to discussing what do the children need, what support do you need, which such a relief having been there um, and having been on the receiving end and the benefit of having the technology and seeing how far it's come in the last nine years that if we can do anything at all to help support those newly diagnosed and like mine says those also struggling who maybe need more help or they need the tech sooner and um, 
anything that we can do to help them, we're, we're massive supporters of that because we've been there. And what would you actually like government to do then? What would be your, your ideal? Seeing how this tech works for Mayan and what a support it is for him and for the wider family, that's got to be the gold standard. Having this closed loop system that can take the pressure off not only the diagnosed but their carers and their support system as well it's invaluable it's costly we understand that everything has a cost associated with it but the the health of these children if we can make sure that the children are well cared for when they transition through to the adult clinics in their in their older years 16 and on they won't bring with them the, the their body won't have been under the stress that would cause neuropathy issues with their eyes uh, which I know Sam um, and Natasha are championing for at the moment is more um, awareness and the clinic for the eye health which is super important mm-hmm. um, but yeah the children that are coming through if they can have this wonderful technology to keep themselves in their target range for as long as possible they're not going to develop these problems when they get to that age Well, speaking of the children, we've had a message in. Uh, It says, I'd like to say well done to all the kids on the Isle of Man who are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. You are all brave warriors. Also, their parents, caregivers and families. You all do an amazing job and you're never on your own, even when it feels like you are. I'm proud of you, Mayan and Daniel, from Dad. Aww, so I just thought I'd draw that. And what what advice (laughs) would you have, Mayan, for someone who's maybe just starting out on their diabetes journey? Um, I would definitely have to say it, it's never easy and it will never be easy. Even with this new tech, it it's hard at times. Like when you have these hypos and highs, you still feel it. You still know what it's like. So it can be tough, but there is always an end to it, whether that be this new system which takes away... 99.9% of the stress and how much you have to put into it if that is the case then that's definitely what I would have to say see I said he was a remarkable young man yeah, there you is. go and you've got a rainbow outside Mr Positive, <laughs> Mr. Positive. <laughs> it has been uh, enlightening and also a real joy speaking to you both today thank you so much for taking the time and thank you to school for letting you out for this amount of time as yeah, well thank you all the very best with your journey and thank especially you. with the campaign Manx Radio's 1 to 3, tended by Ramsey Garden Centre. Pick up your new all-season loyalty card in-store today and start collecting reward points.